0: Uh, i was just completely trashed like i had like no energy left so i remember going down and trying to do a burpee and just laying on the ground and just thinking oh man it's so hard to get up out of this burpee it's just like oh uh, what have i done to myself welcome to the barbend
1: podcast where we talk to top athletes coaches influencers and minds from around the world of strength sports presented by barbend.com In this episode, I'm chatting with James Newberry. He's a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete and the fifth place finisher at the 2019 Reebok CrossFit Games. If you've been a fan of CrossFit for a few years, even casually, chances are you might recognize James. But 2019 was truly a breakout year for this Australian superstar. He had his best ever CrossFit Games finish and featured prominently in a number of big campaigns for Under Armour, one of his sponsors. Barbind actually worked with Under Armour and James covering his training leading up to this year's CrossFit Games. It was a really cool look into the mind of one of the most cerebral athletes we've ever come across. James has come a long way, but as you'll hear from our conversation on this episode, he thinks there's a ton of potential left to tap into, athletically, mentally, even spiritually. James Newberry is the kind of person who can easily turn a question back on you. And just talking to him will give you some insights into your own approach to and outlook on well-being. That was certainly the case for me. And just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Bar Bend podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. This helps us stay on track in bringing you the best content possible week after week. And if there's someone you'd absolutely love to hear on a future Bar Bend podcast episode, let us know in your podcast review. I personally read each and every review, so your suggestions will be seen. Today on the Bar Bend Podcast, I am joined by multi-time CrossFit Games athlete and the fittest Australian man. That is James Newberry. James, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, first question: How are you feeling after the games? We're about a month, uh, not three weeks, after the games. After a stellar performance, are you recovered?
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, I got asked that question yesterday actually, and it's basically I feel I feel fairly recovered, but we're back into some pretty hard training now. Uh, within I think twenty four hours after finishing the games, we were already down in Peru uh, doing a hike to Machu Picchu at altitude, so wasn't so much of a break there and then we got home and then we got straight back into big long days of training and then we just took three days out to the snow to go snowboarding so um, and because we're there for such a short period of time we were basically snowboarding for like eight or nine hours a day so there wasn't much break there either and now we're back into training so I kind of feel uh, semi-rested but the body hasn't really had a break yet but that's okay we have the open around the corner so if that all goes well then we can take a break after that
1: after the games in the week after the games, my social media feed was just blowing up with all these Australian CrossFit athletes that were in Peru all of a sudden. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, if I had just come off of the games, I'd be like in a hotel somewhere at a spa relaxing, but you all just like went down into the great outdoors and started exploring.
0: Yeah, we've done, um, we've done the, the relaxing on the beach type thing post games before. And, um, getting back into training after that especially with competition so close like normally we have the open in february the following year but this year it's october um directly after the game so we kind of have to you know stay fit for that just to make sure that's a a good chance of you know making it back in 2020 so um yeah so we we kind of decided as a group let's go do Machu Picchu um you know gets us outdoors gets us hiking gets us working at you know, not a crazy intensity, um, uh, but it's also something we've always wanted to do. So we figured, why not? What was your uh, What was your favorite part of that trip? And did uh, did anything surprise you? Um, you know, so we actually got up to about so we went to Rainbow Mountain as well, which is um, close to the Inca Trail, um, and that was about fifty two hundred meters above sea level. So that was pretty close to base camp um, in terms of height. And um, yeah, the oxygen there was just, yeah, that was, it was very, very low oxygen. It was hard to walk even you know, 100 meters uphill without being really out of breath. Uh, it gave you a headache. It was, yeah, that was really interesting, but also very fun at the same time. Um, there were so many good things about that trip. Um, we, saw, um, we saw a big condor that was huge. Like the wingspan was like almost three meters. Um, that got really close to us, which was is, which is pretty epic. Um, yeah, but there were so many highlights. We had a lot of laughs, like we we're in a big group of people. So, um, there was plenty of, plenty of, plenty of good laughs and, um, yeah, there was lots and lots of walking. We, we hiked almost a hundred kilometers. So, um, that was pretty sweet. That's
1: uh that's fantastic. Do you ever, have you, had you ever trained at elevation before? Or do you ever get to train at
0: elevation? Uh, no, uh, I've never trained at elevation. I have an altitude machine that can get me to around about, um, 13.5% oxygen. Um, but that's, I use that every so often. So it's not like I've ever been at a consistent altitude for. That's, uh,
1: it's, it's certainly a humbling experience for everyone. And I like how you, uh, like how you frame that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It makes you feel very unfit. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) So you obviously had a fantastic performance at the games, your best ever finish. Um, I got to ask and I got to start off. What did you think about the format this year? And what did you think about the cut structure? I'm sure it's a question you've been asked a few times now, but it's certainly something that people are, are still talking about weeks after
0: the games. Yeah, Totally. Um, I actually don't, I didn't, I didn't mind it, not just because I had a good result. It, I I think it's different. I like evolution. I like change. I think if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, um, you know, it gets a bit stale and old. Um, so I, I don't mind changing it up. Look at the end of the day, you know, Tia and, and Matt, they, they still both won and they both showed that they were still the fittest and they still made it through the cut. So, um, I think like the test itself was fine uh there was definitely people that were you know um every day fit enough to be in that top 10 that weren't there um but you know some some costly errors uh you know didn't really allow them to be in that position but you know i guess at the end of the day that's that's the game and look if you if you rock up to a you know the super bowl and you don't bring your your a game and you lose you know it's it is what it is. You have to perform on the day at the chosen task that you've been given, and if you can't do that on the day, then that is what it is. That's the game.
1: You are really, you're really kind to put that in terms that our Aust- that our American listeners understand. I really like. Yeah, that. I,
0: almost said, I almost said grand final, and then I was like, I better say Super Bowl because no one will understand what it means. <laughs> we will.
1: We we appreciate that. And for those listening in Australia, just sub in grand final, and and we're we're good to go there. Um, what was your, what was your favorite event from the games? And also, was there an event that, uh, that caught you off guard?
0: So, uh, the events that, uh, I particularly enjoyed, um, typically I do enjoy the water events. They're usually something that comes quite naturally to me. Um, this year's water event, uh, it felt somewhat boring, um, in a sense, because we were just, you know, swimming a K and then paddling a K you know, it could have been a little bit different if we were, you know, potentially swimming a kilometer and then paddling two or three Ks um, or putting a barbell, like a heavy deadlift for multiple reps in between those movements or something like that. That would have been really cool. Um, but I really enjoyed the Ruck Run. I really enjoyed Event 1. Um, but probably the one that probably stands out the most, even though it put me like it pretty much flatlined my battery, was uh, the ring 1. So that was the assault bike workout, toaster rings. Um, It was probably, you know, potentially not the most exciting in terms of like uh, uh, movements, but it was fun
1: for me. That was one uh, the ringers one and two where they were back to back with very little rest in between just a couple of minutes. It was really, I mean, it was fun to watch. It was a heck of an event. I was doing commentary on it with, um, my friend Jordan Syatt, who's a, a world record holding power lifter, And it was really interesting to get his take. And he called it on the toes to rings. This is not someone who really is very meshed in the CrossFit community. But as soon as you all started off on the toes to rings, uh, when the women were starting off, he called it. He's like, someone's going to fall off these rings because they're underestimating how much different this is than like a, a fixed bar. And sure enough, like a few seconds after he said that, Carrie Pierce fell off the rings. And I was like, this guy's so smart. Um, That's funny you, uh, uh, I'm sure it wasn't as funny to her and I'm, I'm glad she was okay after she, after she slipped on. Yeah. Those. Yeah. That was an event where you, you won ringer one and then ringer two. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You looked mortal on that second, on that second workout there. How, what was going through your head there?
0: Uh, I was just completely trashed. Like I had, like, no energy left. I remember going down and trying to do a burpee and just laying on the ground and just thinking, oh, man, it's so hard to get up out of this burpee. It's just like, oh, what have I done to myself? And then I looked across it and my judges were standing there just like looking at me. He's just like, you're right. I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. Just <laughs> like, and then, but yeah, it was it was definitely worth, it was definitely worth going really hard on the first one. Like, I would prefer to have, you know, done well on the first one and got, you know, an eighth place on the second one uh, knowing that if I, you know, coasted or like tried to game plan the first one, I probably would have ended up with, you know, a a third or a fourth or a fifth and then maybe similar in the second one anyway. So, um, you know, getting, getting my very first event win was well worth it.
1: Yeah. And there's also, I mean, there's a financial incentive for event wins too. I mean, those add up. Totally. Totally um and you know for folks who aren't aren't familiar event wins come with uh, a cash prize and so when they list off the event winners during the awards ceremony you know you go up you see these people go up and and with a big smile on their face it's cuz like well there's
0: a little bit of a kicker for those event wins yeah exactly yeah yeah i wouldn't um i wouldn't turn down 3 grand any day of the week <laughs> um i i do have to say
1: as well um and this is a sign for everyone listening at home even games athletes we'll get to a point in workouts where that those burpees feel
0: impossible, <laughs> where burpees feel 100%. absolutely terrible. hundred percent. Like I think I was taking like a two second rest on the ground during each burpee. It's like, it's, it's something that I haven't had to experience for quite some time. <laughs> um,
1: what uh, let's talk a little bit more about the swimming events because, and this is something that I, I, I always observe Australian athletes, Always
0: do well on the water events. Why do you think that is? I did a lot of surfing as a kid. Um, and then from there, I never really got too much into like pool swimming, but I did a lot of surfing. Then I did a lot of um, surf life saving. I know Maddie McLeod and uh, Tia, they also did the same thing too. So, you know, being decent in the water is, you know, second nature.
1: And I mean, that's an advantage, too, because there's pool swimming, which we've seen in the games before. I mean, we've seen pool workouts where it's like swim laps, do pull ups, which is always an interesting combination. But that open water experience is um, it comes up more often. We haven't seen a pool workout in the games for a number of years now. It's pretty much all been open water stuff.
0: Yeah, correct. And um, I, I, I don't mind the pool. I think the open water is cool, and it like puts another dynamic there, like which is which is all good things, and it makes people, uh, you know, have to work a little bit harder. Um, but I think the pool, like another pool event, would be cool too. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing that come up again. Like I would be, I would be put my hand up for that for sure. Uh,
1: this is something where uh, this is a question where I want to give a little bit of background. Um, we did some work with you. Um, with you and with the Under Armour performance team leading up to the games, going a little in depth on your training. And there's some really cool content on Barbend that goes not only into your physical preparation for the games, but a lot of your, your mental training, mindset training, focus. Um, and a lot of that was work that I know you did with the Under Armour team leading up to Madison this year. How did your training? for the 2019 CrossFit Games season compared to previous years? Obviously, you did something correctly. You had your best ever finish at the Games. Um, But what were some of the differences this year for you?
0: Well, this year, it was, we did, well, we did a ton of training. Um, We did a little bit of different stuff as well. Um, I think the, what we kind of looked at was like the specific, you know, timeframes of workouts that we would potentially be seeing. We worked on those areas a lot. We worked on, um, well, I worked on some extra longer endurance stuff, just doing a a bit of triathlon training as well, um, which I really enjoy just because it makes me happy. So I do it a little bit extra. Uh, From there, I also spent a month over in Montreal with my coach, Michelle Laton. This was immediately after meeting up with the Barbend guys um, and the underarm performance team in Portland. Um, So I basically had a pretty well a month block there where I was training with people that were specifically looking just to get the most out of me. So that was really great. Um, It was also a time where I didn't have to focus on um, my own business here at home, my gym. I've got my gym here. Um, When I'm here, I'm always, you know, I'm training, but I'm also then making sure things are working at the gym too. So there was, you know, proper five weeks there where I wasn't uh, stressing about that and, Um, I think all that type of stuff along with, you know, only I started working with Michelle um, December, the the December just gone. So I've been with her almost 12 months now. So there was a new dynamic with her and the training that she was giving me was a bit different from what I've been doing in the past. So it was a multitude of things, like, I guess, less stress leading into the games, um, more focused training. And then, um, you know, very, Michelle is very cluey when it comes to programming and making sure we're doing the right things leading into leading into competition um i also feel like um my nutrition leading in and throughout the competition was more on point as well um i'm lucky enough i've got a my girlfriend she runs a nutrition business and she was with me the entire time this time instead of doing the media work at the game so she was basically helping me as like a an on-site chef making sure I'm fueled for the whole weekend, which I haven't really done before either. So I think the nutrition side of things, the training, the preparation, the taper was really good as well. I felt really good. We actually trained a lot more um, than I had done in the past leading into competition um, that I felt like it kept me kind of on the burn instead of trying to pick back up and ramp back up into the games and, uh, That was a big thing that I noticed. Like I remember in years past, um, probably earlier on, uh, I would get to the games and I'd do my first workout and I'd be like, oh, my God, I feel so unfit. (laughs) And um, whereas this time I kind of just like slipped straight into the first workout like it was just another workout and, and, you know, could perform well. So there was a handful of things, but I think they're the main ones.
1: You know, you definitely see athletes at the games in years past who start off maybe a little slow or they're not known for excelling at some of those early workouts and they pick up speed as the weekend goes on and they kind of fight from behind. This year, that was like a death sentence when it came to your performance on the leaderboard. I mean, someone who comes to mind whose faces this in a few years past is Patrick Vellner. He often kind of starts in the back of the pack and just he seems to get stronger and fitter as the weekend goes on. And, you know, those last few events he's getting first and second places. This year, that just didn't work. If you started off in the back of the pack, you would get cut. And I noticed that you really hit, even from event one, you hit the, the ground running um, pretty well. How do you think tapering, whether or not you do taper, and training volume in the month before the games factors into um, factors into that mindset and into that ability to perform early on?
0: Uh, I think it does 100%, and I can, and I can vouch for that for personal experience um like there have been a few years the games where i've gone in and and you know taken uh, you know three or four days eating into the game to like almost completely off and then just get there and then you're going you're hitting the ground at 100 miles an hour and your body just feels like oh what are you doing to me um it's almost like you're uh, you need to you know stay you need to stay on the ball you need to keep your body firing without you know Uh, wrecking your nervous system prior as well so there's a fine balance and it's you know to be honest it's taken me four years to kind of figure out um and and, you know it was the same thing with regionals like it took me five years to make it to the games and it's taken me four years to to do you know what I would have expected of myself at the games and to be honest it's I guess it's for some people they can they can just jump in and just smash it straight away, and and good on them. They can just crush it. Um, but then other people are a slow burners. You just have to, I guess, be willing, willing enough and determined enough just to keep rocking up. Uh, that's the, that's the thing that I try and tell a lot of my guys that train with me at the gym is just like if you know if if you want it bad enough, you'll just keep hanging in there and keep working on the things that you're not great at, and uh, you know just keep rocking up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what I've done, and you know just tuning tuning what. I think I need to do what weaknesses do you think you still have as a games athlete uh, so the really um, the really crossfit style workouts like the ring muscle ups into squat snatches into fast burpees into um, you know those types of movements th- those things like the real crossfit old school crossfit workouts getting them done really fast is probably you know something that has let me down in the past in terms of placing in the leaderboard, and also probably, you know, top end Olympic lifting strength. Um, those things I would say are, are probably things that I'm I'm needing to work on more than others.
1: We have what might be the shortest off season in sports history coming up for you between the games and the open. How has that approached your changed your approach to training? And just for reference, you know, the games ended in early August, the open for 2020 picks up on October 10th, the five week open kicks off. Then that window is really, really, really tight. You have to get back to those open style workouts in a matter of, of weeks. Really? Um, how's that approached your train? How has that changed your approach to training your mindset and your schedule for this year?
0: Yeah, well, it's normally we, you know, we kind of get to take a bit of time off post games, but this time around, everything done post games has been active. Um, and then we're pretty well straight back into training, um, getting ready for the Open. So there's not much rest. The first few days of training was just like, oh man, I don't need this yet. But just knowing that uh, if we do work hard now. And then we can, you know, make it pay off during the open or in a sanctioned event very close to the open, post open, um, that we will then, you know, be able to get a break, you know, hopefully around that December-January period um, to really, you know, let the body rest and recover a little bit more, and then ramp back up hard for the games to be as fit as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So it's changed our approach in terms of, you know, just having to just grind through a few days of oh, got to get back into, it. Um, but then. You know, also looking at changing the way that we're, you know, how we're currently fit, getting it more open fit ready. So that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment.
1: What is your qualification goal this year? Um, you know, are do you expect to qualify out of the open, or do you have your sights set on particular sanctionals? Uh, is sanctionals a backup plan for
0: you? Yeah, sanctionals is definitely a backup plan. I um, typically typically haven't been uh, a great open. Open athlete, um, but that's something that I don't think I can rectify this year. Like it's, I know, I know that I haven't ever been like particularly super fit for the open. I usually try and let my fitness come together more so around regionals, but this time around because we have such a big gap, I'm gunning to be as fit as I possibly can for the open um, to make sure that you know if I can lock down uh, like a champion spot or a top twenty in the world spot then that's, that's my goal. And then if it doesn't pan out that way, um, we never know what's going to happen, then I'll, I'll aim for some close sanctionals after that.
1: Where do you think the games goes from here? Obviously, we have a very different, very different qualification structure than in years past. Regionals, they're gone. They're not coming back. I think a lot of fans still haven't quite uh, grown accustomed to that yet. That regionals. They're not coming back in 2020. They're probably not coming back after. Get used to sanctionals. Get used to qualification out of the open. Do you think we're in store for more changes into the 2020 season?
0: Um. Hmm, that's an interesting question uh i I think so. I think there will be a few changes here and there um potentially not so much with the sanctions and opens but um you know potentially at the games they might rearrange a few things but to be honest like i think if if they could develop a way that you know made the open um a little more uh regulated that I would be happy with that. I, I I would be all for that. Whether it's you know, um, you know, potentially making a system where people can't you know do and do and do and do redo workouts and things like that and hit them five times, um, or you know, I don't know, figure out a system that makes it a little bit more user friendly and a little bit more honest for a lot of people because I feel like uh, I feel like there is you know so many thousands of people competing in the open. Um, you know, riding that fine line is, you know, quite a, quite a tough one.
1: What's next for you as an athlete, as far as your goals, obviously we know you want to do your absolute best at the games. Winning the CrossFit games is every game's athletes goal. Are there any particular, uh, you mentioned some of your weaknesses earlier, but any particular athletic goals that you might have beyond just performance at the games year after year and improving upon that?
0: Yeah. So like, I, I really like all sports. Um, I'm not, you know, like CrossFit is my number one. It's, it's what I go to, um, as a, you know, as a professional athlete, but I really get hooked on, you know, trying lots of new things. Um, I just got back from the snow. So snowboarding is like my newfound love. And then I'm also doing an Ironman at the end of the year. So full distance Ironman, um, that'll be my first one that I've ever, ever attempted. I've done a half Ironman before, but I did that you know I, I was we kind of signed up for that three days prior to it I hadn't been training and I was just like this will kick me into gear so I'll give it a go and I ended up loving it so I'm going to give a full distance Ironman a go which is 140.6 miles 3.8k swim 180k bike and then a uh, marathon run so I'll do that in December that'll be on December 1st so you know just enjoying enjoying the uh the use of the fitness I guess um I don't really, at this point in time, like if I had to train completely by myself these days, I wouldn't do it. The training is way too long. Um, it's way too, well, it's long, it's hard. And if I had to do it all by myself, I wouldn't do it. And then in saying that as well, if I had to restrict myself so much that I couldn't do things that you know made me happy and, and things that allowed me to, to have a good time, then, you know, to be honest, I don't know how how worth it it is um, in terms of sacrificing, you know, happiness, things that bring you joy, things that bring you connection with other people, things that you can share and think about and, and memories um, that you can share with a bunch of people that you really enjoy hanging out with. Um, at this point in time, I probably would have just sacrificed that and I did sacrifice that a lot when I was, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23. Um, but now looking on it, um, you know, I've been to the games uh, four times, um, I've finally had a result that I'm I'm happy with, but I obviously want to improve on, and I really, really do want to improve on that, and I'm going to work very, very hard to do that. Um, but I also don't want to sacrifice the the fun of you know still living a still living life.
1: Speaking of that, and speaking of those sacrifices, the compromise that comes into play when you're at least at any level of athletics or really any sport, there are always compromises and sacrifices. What you do as you get to higher and higher levels becomes just a part of who you are, not just when you're in the gym, not just when you're training, but how you sleep, how you recover, how you eat, all aspects of your life. Given all of that, how long do you think you have in the sport to compete at that top level? And how long would you want that to go for?
0: Well yeah i've i've said to um a lot of people that are have been pretty close to me and around me and they've asked me how many li- years left have you got in you and i'm just like well you know i think i'll base that upon you know just off the top of my head if i had to give you a number i would say um i would say you know maybe another two or three years um but in saying that i will take it as long as it continues to make me happy that's Pretty well, the instant that it doesn't make me happy anymore and the instant that it's, a, you know, I know not every day is great and some days I drag myself into the gym and that's like everyone, not everyone has a brilliant day. But the instant that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get me out of bed and it doesn't make me want to, you know, it doesn't make me enjoy life then I'll I'll stop then and if that's tomorrow, then I'll stop tomorrow. Um, But if it's in two or three years time, then I'll stop as soon as it doesn't make me happy. If it continues to make me happy, I'll keep doing it
1: who were some of your early inspirations when it came to CrossFit and when it came to fitness competition and also who inspires you um, in that realm, in this particular sport most today?
0: Uh, As in terms of an athlete
1: Mm -hmm. that, or it could be an athlete, could be a coach, could be, you know, anyone in the, in the CrossFit community.
0: Yep. So I've always, so uh, when I first started CrossFit, um this was back in 2011 um there was an aussie there was an aussie athlete his name was chad mckay if you remember chad mckay he was um he was like he coached our team at the invitational um he was you know one of our top placing um male uh, athletes at the crossfit games for a numerous amount of years um so he had like i'm pretty sure he had a ninth overall finish at, at one year in particular and. Also, Steve Willis, who got, a, uh, who got a fourth place finish back in 2009, I believe it was. So, uh, I would say like Chad and Steve, I kind of looked up to them being being the blokes that kind of led the way for the Aussies. Um, and I got along really, really well with Chad at the Invitational when he coached our team. He was just very relatable and I kind of looked up to him and I've called him on like a couple of occasions and just saying just asking him for some advice leading into the games and how to carry yourself when things don't go well. And, and how do you deal with, you know, the pressure of, you know, sitting in a, a top heat and maintaining that throughout the whole weekend. Um, I also have a, a really good relationship with Steve too. Um, and, you know, he talks about the games and, and uh, talks about the training. So just someone to relate to, but in saying that as well, I've done a lot of training with Tia Kletumi as well. So, well, should I say Tia or, Um and, you know, I look up to her a lot, um, even though she's young, younger than me and um, and everything like that. But, you know, I just like look at her work ethic, look at how she can, you know, bring that competitive edge on the day. Like she's just, she rises to the occasion. Like She's just so fit. She's so fit. She's so mentally strong and she just wants it so bad that, you know, that's inspiring too. Um, so, you know, I would say in the, in the community, like they're the people that I look at and just like, man, you guys... You, crushed you've crushed it you're still crushing it and um you know that gives me a lot of motivation as well to to know trying to bring the best out of myself well
1: james it's it's been an absolute pleasure getting some insight into your mindset your approach especially as we head into the next season which is just around the corner i'm still kind of in disbelief in how quickly they're turning around from the games to the next open where can people follow along with your training and follow along with what you're doing this coming season what's the best
0: outlet to do that through um, I put pretty much all of my stuff up through Instagram. So just at James Newbury is the best place to follow what I'm doing. And I'm always, you know, trying to uh, document as much of it as possible. Um, I can't always get it all up there. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I like to do lots of different stuff. So I'm always getting out doing random things too. So yeah, you won't just see myself in the gym. You'll probably see me out on paddleboard or out on a bike doing something weird. Really taking that regularly learn and play new sports to heart.
1: Yep, 100%. Well, James, thanks so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Mate, thank you so much.